Unfolding the eternal excellences, the hidden insights of the truth and the depth of the riches of wisdom and knowledge. The Bible says, I have cleansed thee by the word. I have not pointed to your weaknesses. He says, I have cleansed thee by the word. I have pointed to your strength. And this is your strength, that I am Christ in you, the hope of glory. The glory of freedom, the glimpses into eternity. The gospel is not supposed to be an assumption. It's not supposed to be just a mere presupposition. Truth is older than language, but the word of God is way deeper than any human language. And now, Apostle Grace with the word. Ecclesiastes chapter 10 verse 5. Let's read. The Bible says, There is an evil which I have seen under the son as an error which proceedeth from the ruler. It's an error that proceedeth from the ruler. Next. Folly is set in great dignity. You see a foolish guy put in a very dignified place. That's what they mean. And the rich sit in low places. Next verse. He says, I have seen servants upon what? Horses and princes walking as servants upon. Let's go back to verse 6. Message version. He says, immaturity is given a place of prominence while maturity is made to take a back seat. Next verse. He said, I've seen unprovenced upstarts riding in style while experienced veterans are put out to pasture. <laughs> Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. Unexperienced veterans are what? They are put out to pasture. Tell your neighbor, it is so evil. How can a prince walk while servants are riding on what? Horses. How can a fool be honored? And then a wise man is what? He's without dignity. But he said that this error proceedeth out of a ruler. This problem is with a man who has the anointing and glory to rule. This is not caused by a man who can't rule. This is caused by a man who can rule. This error proceedeth out of a ruler. Not out of a normal person. Not out of a novice. Not out of a servant. It proceedeth out of what? A ruler. That means you are entirely responsible Of what proceedeth out of your life. Why? Because you are a ruler. The Lord has given you charge. To establish your life by the word. He says and this book of the Lord. Shall not depart from your mouth. And he says and thou shalt. Meditate therein day and night. That thou might observe to do. That which is written for then. Thou shall you make. Your way prosperous and have good success. He says, and then shall you make. 
your way prosperous and have good success. When you read that portion of scripture, you realize the book of the Lord shall not depart of your mouth. That is an order. Thou shall meditate day in and night that thou may observe. When he says thou shall meditate, that's also a what? An order. But when you read that third part where he says that thou may observe to do, that's not a command. You get it? That's a result of the first two commands. If you meditate on this word and speak it in your life, he'll just observe to do. That thou mayt observe to do. That thou mayt observe. It's automatic for you to do what you speak and think. You get where I'm coming from? It's so automatic for you to what? To do what you think and speak. Let this word not depart out of your what? Your mouth. And he says, meditate therein, day and night, that thou mayt observe, that you may observe to do, that you may do it. That means there is a spiritual principle that governs every man who thinks and speaks the word. There is something that will cause you to do. So the part of you making lemon walk, you don't even question how. Just speak this word and meditate therein, day and night. Go to your bed and sink raising a dead man. Change that part and just think raising a dead man. Go to the bathroom thinking raising a dead man. Come out of the bathroom thinking raising a dead man. Go to classroom thinking raising a dead man. He says, and then that you may observe. That you may observe to do. It's automatic. He didn't say, and that you should observe. He said, that thou may observe to do. The word observation there is perception. That you will perceive to do. That you'll see how to do it. That you'll get the ability by the spirit to do it. If this book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, okay? And he says, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night. He says, comma, that thou mayst observe to do. That you may observe to do. That you may observe to do according as it is written. What you speak every day and what you think every day, you'll automatically do without any pushing. Prevenient grace. Prevenient grace is the grace of God that works with a critical faculty in a human being. To cause him to do something that was not even wired to do. Why? Maybe you didn't even have the human understanding to do. But this grace will always cause you to a certain place for the miraculous. For the miraculous. When as a campus, there's a young lady I tried to preach to. She was so Catholic to get born again. So I preached and preached and preached and preached and preached until she could not. And then the spirit of the Lord told me, just Hold on, wait. It's one of those conferences, preachers, she gets slain for like two hours. The Spirit of the Lord tells me, go lay hands on her and speak in other tongues. And while I was speaking, she was slain, you understand? Like a dead person, you know, face down. Shoes were in different places, you know, that kind of power. So while she's down and her face is down, I remember I go on her and the Lord tells me, pray in tongues. I start to read. You understand? And while I'm praying, in my spirit, I'm meditating. Get born again, you woman. You're wasting time. Get born again. But you see, I cannot speak to her something. She's already in a dead format. You understand? So I'm still After 15 minutes, the Holy Ghost told me, Dan, walk away. So I walk away. And then we go to hostel in the evening. She comes to my door. I want to speak to you. I open. Have a seat, Jackie. What's up? Lead me into a confession prayer. <laughs> 
ask her, what happened? She said, you see, when I was down, you came in the spirit and preached to me the gospel. When I woke up, I didn't need any. Oh, Do you understand where I'm coming from? Anything that is spoken and meditated will observe to execute. There will be a spiritual power. There will be a prevenient grace. Critical faculty. That thing that works with God's time just to make sure it produces the required result in the time of Almighty. What do you want to do? Simple. Speak it, think it. Speak it, think it. You don't even want to know what I'm thinking now. Why? Because I'm thinking, I'm speaking, I'm thinking, I'm speaking. And the next thing I know, observe to do. Why? Because the spirit at that particular point just wants to give you the house that you may observe to do. Because we learn by perception. I do as I see my father do. Of course, there are no men walking in heaven. So Jesus is not saying that he gets into an experience of going to heaven and sees how the father makes the lame men walk. No, 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 no. He only says that there is a certain way by which the father teaches. And it's only by meditation and speaking forth the oracles. He says that thou may make your way prosperous and have good success. You make your way. Not your pastor. You make your way. Not even God. No, listen. The moment you can meditate on this word and speak it, I will not be responsible for how much money you have on your account. <laughs> I will not be responsible for how much peace that surpasses all understanding. I will not be responsible if you feel this, if you change that. It's up to you. You flatten your ground. Draw your vision. But some people say, you know, sometimes in this life, God might not want you to go certain places. Let your will be done. But the scriptures say, let your will be done on earth, coma, coma, as is in heaven. Do we have blind eyes in heaven? So you're actually telling God, open blind eyes. I know, but some of you think it differently. You say, let your will be done, God. Maybe it's not the will of God. <laughs> he said, you will make. He sent his word. That's why the next verse in Ecclesiastes 10 verse 8. He says, he that diggeth a pit shall fall into it. And whoso breaketh an hedge shall the serpent bite. You're responsible for your hedge and digging the pit. Not your man of God. Not that guy. No. You're responsible for the pit you're in. If you see any testimony of being beaten by a serpent anywhere. You're responsible entirely. Not Apostle Grace. Nada. It's you. Maturity, take responsibility. There must be an error with the ruler. Tell your neighbor, there must be an error with the ruler. You see, let me tell you something about the Holy Spirit. Jesus says in Luke 13, I think about the 15th verse. He says, you hypocrites. He, he's speaking to religious people because he knows the spirit of religion. Of course, he was narrating a story of a woman who had been in bondage for 18 years. You understand? And Jesus healed her. The moment Jesus healed her, what was the first experience? It is Sabbath. Whether you're sick or you're not sick, it is what? Sabbath. You're not supposed to be healing on what? Sabbath. That was the problem with the religious guy. You understand where I'm coming from? The Lord then answered him and said, Thou hypocrite, doth not each one of you on the Sabbath 
lose his ox or his ass from the stall and lead him away to watering. Now, some of you must understand that the figurative line of water sometimes represents the word of the Holy Spirit. God actually means animals are let go only for watering. You are delivered only to access the spirit. Am I making some sense? An animal can only be loosed to go to the spirit. You can only be delivered from that demon of your uncle for you to function freely in the Holy Ghost. Not for you to fall into another trap of bondage. But have you looked at Christians who are in and out? They are in and out. They are shaking. They are vibrating every day. You understand? But nothing comes out of them. Why? Because they come out of one thing to enter another. They come out of one thing and enter another. They come out of one problem and enter another problem. They come out of one issue and enter another issue. Why are you really losing to the water? Oh, there is a definition of deliverance that you have and there is not circumspect with the word of God. There is no correlation. When will the Christian with the spirit ever be free? What's the essence of the Holy Spirit in you? Now, look at the wisdom of old. Okay? First Samuel chapter 10. Let's begin with the sixth verse. And the spirit of the Lord shall what? Will come upon you. Look at this. Will come upon. Eh? Will come upon. Not will dwell in. Are you hearing me? He's telling a man who cannot have the Holy Spirit in him. He's telling a man who can by chance get the Holy Spirit on him. You get it? Because we're dealing with an Old Testament dispensation. The Bible says that the first Adam was of the earthy. He was a natural man. And he says, how be it that the first was natural and the second was spiritual. That means there was nothing spiritual about the first Adam except that which came on him. You get it? He didn't have something in him. He had something on him. That's why the prophet of Ezekiel, he says, I shall put my spirit in them. Because they were living souls. The first Adam was of the earth earthy, and the second man is of heaven. And as is the earthy, such are they who are also what? Earthy. And as is the heavenly, such are they who are also heavenly. That means he's saying there is a heavenly people. Like there is an earthly people. He's not talking only about the angelic hosts. No, no, no. He is talking of a certain line that came in after the first Adam. He's talking of a certain DNA that is spiritual, above natural. It's not natural above spiritual. They don't call upon the Holy Spirit when they're in problems. No, they carry the Holy Spirit before the problems come. I'm not talking about that kind of anointing that was like on Saul. Eh? The anointing falls on him. Bah! And the Bible says, and you shall prophesy. He's not a prophet, but he's prophesying among the prophets. Are you hearing? We're talking of something that is indwelling. It's indwelling. What came on Samuel is in you. 24-7. What mantles a man and he becomes another man? (laughs) What mantled a man and he became another man is inside you. 24-7. 365 days a year. Rabala kalaba sakatalaba. That means you don't turn into other men. You're another man. Oh, holy master. He says you're in the world, but you're not of the world. You're in that workplace, but you're not of that workplace. You're in the taxi park, sitting in a taxi, but you're not. He says, and the spirit of the Lord will come upon thee. And he says, and thou shall prophesy with them, and thou 
shall be turned into another man. You see where I'm coming from? Next verse. And he says, and let it be, when these signs are come, when you read the word there for signs, is those marks, that testimony. The moment you feel like the Holy Ghost is upon you, she told him, that thou do as occasion serve your pastor. As occasion serves me as Jehovah God. He says that thou might do as occasion serve thee. For God is with him. He says the moment this thing comes upon you. He's talking to Samuel, not you. Are you? It is in you. He says you shall turn into a what? Another man. And he says you shall prophesy with them. And he says the moment these signs come. And then you can feel that this thing has settled on you. He told him serve your occasion. I have 10,000 shillings in my bag and I want a million shillings. My hair is growing too old. I want a new piece of hair. He says when the spirits shall come on you, he says you shall serve your occasion. Why? Because at that particular point I am with you. I've led you to the water. Drink as much as you want. Just drink as much. Oh. And then that same spirit goes to God and says, God, if you can only give me two shots, only two shots, my spirit shall be satisfied. Years ago, a certain man of God came and told me, can I tell you, man of God, if the Lord gives me only 300,000, only three, I can change my life. In my heart, I said, I swear, he won't give it to you. God is not stupid. Look at this man who is to lend to nations, asking for 300,000. That's why they should refuse to give you when you start borrowing. Why? Come on, ask for nations. Do you get where I'm coming from? So now, he's giving an experience of a man to whom the spirit could come upon. And he tells him the secret of this thing upon you is to serve your occasion. I can only lead you where I can fully provide for you. He's my shepherd. I shall not want. He leadeth me besides still waters. He leadeth me. This is the one that eats green pasture. That's what makes him the shepherd. He leadeth. For as many as are led, you can't be led and be broke. There's no correlation there. You can't be led and be funny. You cannot be led by the Holy Ghost. And you lack. There's a kind of religion in some people. One time I was in a meeting and a woman said, and the Lord put disease on me. Why? Because I refused to serve him. Hey, hey, you joke. He squeezed me. I also said, no, I will not preach. She was even boasting of fighting God. And then she said, until I said, okay, 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 God, I surrender. Then she gave an experience of Jacob. She said, Jacob fought with God. You see, the name Jacob is translated as trickster. Mubi. You're not a trickster. The Bible says, for the, as many as believed on him, he gave them the right. We no longer wrestle with God. But some people in overnight took Luana Nemukama, Luana, Luana, Molokole Luana Nemukama, Luana, Luana, and then you see sisters, even her hair gets out of line. Why? She's fighting with God. <laughs> She's fighting with. Bible says, the dear guy fighting at a later claims, but no weapons fashioned against Israel shall prosper. I am Israel. Now, if you're Israel and your name is already changed, what 
business do you have going back limping? That's why those Christians go back like this. Why? Because Jacob went back that way. They have God, but they are broke. They have God, but they are funny. They are weak. They are beggarly. They don't have anything on them. They fought God and they started limping. Their ministries are, their education, their marriage, their businesses, they are all like this. The Bible says you are coming to Zion, the city of God, to the company of innumerable angels, to the spirits of just men made perfect, to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant, whose blood speaketh better things than the blood of Cain and Abel. That's where you are. So when the dear Christian comes and wants to wrestle, the Lord tells him, take you of my yoke. <laughs> it is light. <laughs> Mine is lighter. You have a heavy yoke. You just take of mine. Mine is light. Why? Because my nature. Listen, this is the guy who will find storms. And you think he's going to fight through. Years ago, I found a guy who used to come to the bank where I used to work. And he would come and say, Msuba. Maze wiki being at one, 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 And asking him, Muruana, Gwenan. As in, if you don't understand, it means the devil is beating him, he's beating him, and they're beating each other, you understand? So he's on the prayer mountain, then he says, Even his voice is dead. Then after a few minutes, he says, <laughs> That man has not seen God, I swear. He has not seen God. There is an error with a ruler. Tell your neighbor, there is an error with a ruler. Servants ride on horses and the prince is walking. And you see preeminence with the immature. And the mature backstage, the guy who is deep, he can't have a pulpit. The simplest preacher has the biggest pulpit. He says the error is with the ruler. It's your problem. It's your problem. That's why I tell men of God, don't make other men of God your business. It's your problem that your ministry is not growing. Listen, people are not your business. It's your problem. When I look at my family, everything, you're the light of the world. You're a city set on what? On a hill. You cannot be hid. It's your problem. The ruler has an error. Let me tell you something about a man of the spirit. A man of the spirit will have successes enough by the spirit that he won't even need to testify about them. Not because they are not big, but because they are too normal for his spirit. The man of the spirit, are you hearing me? Will register his successes. But he will get to a point where he will not even want to talk about the successes. Not because they are not good, but because they are so him. They are so his nature. He's too used. Let me give you an example of the generation we live. You remember that portion of scripture I've just spoken about in the look? Let me show you how our people think. 15. Uh-huh. Does not each one of you on the Sabbath lose his ox or his ass from the stall and lead him away for watering? Next verse. 
And ought not this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has bound, lo, these 18 years be loosened from this bond on this Sabbath day? Next verse. And when he had said these things, all his adversaries were ashamed, and all the people rejoiced for all the glorious things that were done by him. The generation of today. Eh? First skips the mirror and says, how did he know that they were 18 years? You see how they think, eh? Even that fascinates them. It's like, I'll give you an example. I'm past, and you should be, I'm past speaking what I see and hope I'm true. Or even give provision to prove I'm true. I am so true. Now, let's go past the elementary. Let's delve into the deepness of God. Let's understand God. God's point here was not whether it was true. Oh, 18 years, how did you know? How does the Holy Spirit speak to you? That's not even Jesus' business at that point. Jesus' business is a daughter of Abraham has an issue. And it must be sorted. You get it? But when you start to walk in these liberties, and you start to serve your occasion for so long, I'll tell you, there are many things that sometimes are not necessary to say. Not because you don't want to say them, but they are better either if people see them, because they might divert you from the bigger picture. Look at David. David kills bears. He kills lions. He never spoke anything. He killed a lion. It's dead. And he comes back home and he says, I'm hungry. The brothers don't even know this guy has ever killed a lion. Nick, for you. Can you believe I thought about Mike when he came? <laughs> for you, that's... <laughs> because you live in a world where a lot of things are unbelievable. Welcome to our world. Why it is too normal to think of Mike and he comes that you get too tired of knowing Michael is coming. I'll tell people, me, if I was to tell you the things I know every day, I would either bore you or I would get bored because they are so spontaneous. The point where even my phone going to call, I know it's going to call. It's something I cannot say. Can you believe God wants you above that life? He wants you to get to a point where you're too used to the things of the spirit. That even if a car came to knock you and then you went up and then it passed and then the Lord landed you, you just move. It's normal. No, no, it's just normal. It's just normal. It's just normal. There's a guy, he came to my office and told me he was going to visit his sister and out of the blue, he just remembers reaching in the middle of the road and he just hears a voice. And he wakes up after a few minutes. And people are saying, he's going to die. He's going to die. Let's take him to the hospital. This is not right. He just dusted himself, stood up and looked at the people. And they tell him, you're a young man. You're so hot. You're so hot. We saw how the guy hit you. Let us put you in the car and take you to the hospital. Just told him, I have the life of God in me. I have the life of God in me. And he's so black in his ears. I have the life of God in me. But some people, the moment they cast it, I'm here in hospital. No, 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 no. That's not your story. He just dusted himself and went to finish his business. Yet he blacked out. Some of you already victimized. The moment they put a cannula on your hand, I am sick. Pastor, I am sick. That's not who you are. Tell anybody that's not who you are. And let me tell you something. There's a maturity. When certain successes are not celebrated in public, except if occasion demands, it's called maturity. Except if occasion demands, 
except if occasion demands. Hallelujah. You know, there's a portion of scripture in the book of Judges. I think it's in the 14th chapter. Where the Bible says they went, I think, to Timoth to get Samson a wife. And he loved a Philistine woman. The parents tell him, boss, is there never a woman among the daughters of thine brethren? He says, oh, among all my people, that thou mayest go to take a wife of the uncircumcised Philistines. And Samson said unto his father, get her for me, for she pleaseth me. She what? Just like her. She's Philistine. Hey, what? I like her. You get it? Now, the next verse says, but his father and mother knew not that it was of the Lord that he sought an occasion against the Philistines. For at that time, the Philistines had dominion. You see how the zeal of God is. God is too zealous that he'll put a guy to have a certain feeling. You know, Samson was born with a feeling to avenge. He had a certainty anger to avenge the life of the Israelites who was ruled by another spirit. And let me tell you, every other day, God becomes more zealous than he was. I don't know why. He's like that. Remember that person of scripture where he says that whoever shall touch Cain, he shall be punished seven times. By the time he gets to the generation of Lamech, he says, for if he avenges the life of Cain seven times, he shall avenge the life of Lamech 70 times. As in he, just a few generations down the road, he has even multiplied times 10. How much vengeance he would show a man who touches Lamech. Now you. Oh, now you. I promise you sleep. Sleep. That's why the concept of true forgiveness is seven times 70. Lamech's and Cain's vengeance. Both he that wronged God and he that is favored of God. But the Bible says that the father and mother did not know. Now this is what the Lord placed in Samson. He placed something in his life. Something in his life. That had it a certain thing over against the Philistines. It's just against them. He's seeking for just one occasion. To prove to them who he is. Now, when you read the word, therefore, she pleases me. It was just deeper than her being attractive. Samson needed a point of contact to attack the Philistine. He just needed a point of contact. He just needed a point of what? Contact. You see, the life of Samson, Samson, according to the scripture, he was supposed to marry Philistine. He was supposed to marry Philistine. The only problem was that he married an indifferent Philistine. That's the only difference. Because Delilah is translated as feeble, weak. A virtuous woman, the Bible says, shall do her husband good all the days of her life. She has no need for spoil. You get it? But because there was some virtue not in Delilah, it was even deeper than just Philistine spirit. There was something about her. Delilah was feeble. And if you want to know the weakness of a woman, is the woman who never does her husband good all her days or can contradict her husband because of anything outside the circle of marriage. But that's what makes you feeble. You don't do him good. You don't profit him. If Samson had married a stronger woman, even if she was Philistine, she would have plotted out a way to take him to those pillars without losing his eyes. 
Because you see, the secret here was, she had a place in the spirit of Samson, the heart of Samson, that nobody had. Even the deepest man in the world, his wife has something in his heart that nobody can access. I mean, there was a time when he brings a riddle. You remember the time he brings a riddle? He slots the riddle and he gives them seven days to solve it. And none of them can. Until they realize, hey, hey, they go to the wife. And tell her, help us and entreat that guy. There is a way you can plead with him. The Bible says she cried until Samson told her the truth. Then she went and told them. He told them, if you had not plowed my hay, you would not have known. If you had not plowed my heifer. As in, there are those things he knows can only come out from the wife. They can't come out from anything. There are certain things that can afflict a man of God and they can only come from the wife. They can't come from anywhere. So she better not be what? Feeble. She better not be what? Feeble. His is not. The woman better not be feeble. She better not be feeble. Let me tell you, he was already feeble. Samson, you know, some of you women must understand, men are already feeble in a certain way. They have a certain degree of feebleness. <laughs> he refused to tell the whole group the mystery. And this girl just goes, oh, tell me. Okay, 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 don't cry, baby. I'll tell you, I'll tell you. How can you fail in marriage? How can your husband give you headache? Yes. <laughs> and all the women said. You see, but the mist behind the riddle was the summary of Samson's life. Period. Why? Because before that, he had killed a lion. You get it? Then, somehow later, he finds the carcass and that's from where he gets the what? The honey that the bees had made. And then he went and fed what? But this very lion had come to what? To attack him. So that which seeks to attack him, he kills. The Bible says, and Samson said unto them, I will now put forth a riddle unto you. He says, if you can certainly declare it me within the seven days of a feast and find it out, then will I give you 30 sheets and 30 change of garments. Next verse. He says, but if you cannot declare it, then shall ye give me 30 sheets and 30 change of garments. And then he said unto him, put forth thy riddle that we may hear it. And he said, listen, he said, out of the eater, that's the lion, came forth meat. That's the word. And out of the strong came forth sweetness. I killed a lion. You understand? There came out meat. The meat became carcass. And the carcass produced a certain line of honey with the bees, and that honey became what? Sweetness. It fed. You get what I'm trying to tell you? And they could not in three days expound the riddles. Samson's story was not supposed to end in that way of death, if you read that riddle. He was not supposed to die that way, if you understand the riddle. The lion was not supposed to come back to devour him. It wasn't. The end of the story was to kill it and it gets forth sweetness. And that sweetness which is honey. And he says in the Leviticus, I shall lead you to a land that flows with milk and honey. But he knows that the milk is without cows or bees. 
and the Hanis promised land at a place where Israel is above and delivered from the bondage of the Philistine. But they knew it not. Delilah was not supposed to be the match for Samson. But either way, he was supposed to marry a Philistine woman. But anyway, that's not where I was going. Let's go back to that part. The Bible says, Then went Samson down and his father and his mother to Timnath and came to the vineyards of Timnath. And behold, a young lion roared against him. It just... Yeah? The spirit of the Lord came mightily upon him and he rent him as he would have rent a kid. And the Bible says, And he had nothing in his hand. Do you know? Until you have nothing. He tore the lion until he had nothing. You understand where I'm coming from? And he had nothing in his hand. But he told not his father or his mother what he had done. It wasn't a miracle. And that's why I pray that they start to discover the things you're doing. You have not told them. You get on trying to tell you. It's better that way. It's better when you've not said anything. But then they start to hear rumors. Your son, he owns the biggest building in Kampala. Are you serious? You understand? I pray they just discover your blessing. I pray they just find out you are richer than they thought. I pray they first find out you are smarter than they thought. I pray they just discover you are bigger than they thought. Don't go about telling every success of the spirit. Except if occasion serves. If it's going to help someone, do it. But if it's not going to help someone, don't show everyone who you are and what you know. Just wait. Let them just discover you were deeper than they thought. Let them just discover you were richer than they thought. Let them just discover that you were more, you multiplied than they thought. You had certain things and they thought you did. It's better when they just discover. Because they'll fear you the more. Why? You'll become unpredictable. They won't know how much more you have. And it's wonderful when men start to look at you when they don't know how much you have. You're just there. But they already have something that scares them. You understand? You raise the dead man and move like it was okay. You understand? Don't show also occasion of, ay, 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 ay. No, 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 no. Act like it is so normal. And then carry on. Why? Because it's a life. Tell your neighbor, it's a life. It's a lies. Now, listen to this. So you're at the point where now the spirit of God has told you. The moment he fell on a man in the Old Testament dispensation, he could serve his occasion. Now, he dwells in the inside of your spirit. We don't even have any more a time frame of when the spirit should come on you. He's inside you every day. That means every day you wake up in the morning, you're serving your occasion. Every morning, you're determining how much you want to eat, how much you want to occupy. You see, God has a certain mind to work with a man in a place that other people cannot interpret. And let me try to explain that place. The first dimensions of the spirit are to just entertain carnal men. You get it? For example, he can say, from about the second dimension. That's when Jesus started to do miracles. In the second dimension. When he was in the first, all of the 30 years he spent on life. You don't hear one miracle. But he's a son of God. Waxing great in wisdom and stature. He's wise. He gets in the council and then he starts to debate with guys. You get, he can debate, but if they bring a lame man, in that level he cannot. You get it? Then the Bible says he's led 
by the Holy Spirit into the wilderness. He spends an experience of the temptations. But the mysteries of temptations in the mind of God is just deeper than just turn these stones into bread. Because the scripture says that the stone is heavy and the stone represents the law. Bread represents the word. He says, for I am the bread of life. He's telling Jesus, take your testimony and switch it from the grace and preach the law. Turn these stones into bread. Let it be what you feed men. Feed them with stony bread. Feed them with bread from stone. And Jesus tells the man, that's an incomplete revelation. That's half of the scripture. That's only Old Testament. Get to the new. Man shall not live by bread alone, that kind, but by every finish first and second, the first testament and the second testament, the old and the new. Why? That proceeds. Understand the mystery from the beginning to the end. So he gets the qualification of a man approved in doctrine. But some people think the devil just told him stone bread. No, no, it wasn't just the normal sort of you stone and bread. There was a deeper connotation. There was a deeper meaning to this. When he goes led by the Holy Ghost in the wilderness, he comes back, the Bible says, in the power of the Holy Ghost. First thing he goes to, and he says, the spirit of the Lord is, for he has anointed me to what? Look for. Let me show you something. But he was quoting what? Isaiah what? 61. Let's first go to that Isaiah 61. I want to show you God's message. He said, the spirit of the Lord is, uh, because he has anointed me to preach good news and to the what? The meek. He has set me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to them that are Bound, verse 2, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God to comfort all that mourn. In Zion. Let's go to Luke chapter 4. Then you see how he said it. That was an experience after he came from the wilderness. He understood that devil wanted him to preach the law. To turn stones into bread. To turn stone. Because reason, the ten commandments were written on tablets of stone. And when you commit adultery, the very stone does what? Beats you. So he tells him, turn the law into your message. The Bible says the law came by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus. So the first time he comes in the power of the Holy Spirit, he stands before them, before the church, and he says, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel of the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised. Next verse. To preach the acceptable year of the Lord. What is the next line in Isaiah? And the day of vengeance. What's the next line there in verse 20? Not that he didn't know there was a day of vengeance. He says, I didn't come to preach vengeance. <laughs> I came to preach the acceptable year. You're acceptable in the name of Jesus. You have access to everything that you need. You can do all things by Christ who strengthens you. Divine access. He closed the book. Because his business was not the day of vengeance. It has people to whom it belongs. Not you. He says he shall condemn the world of sin because it believed not on the Lord Jesus. Did you believe? You're past the day of vengeance. You're past the day of vengeance in the name of Jesus. 
Are we together? What does the next verse say? Let's go back to Luke. He closed the book and he gave it again to the minister and sat down. And the eyes of all of them that were in the synagogue were fastened. Next verse. And he began to say unto them this day, this scripture is fulfilled in your eyes. After being filled by the Holy Ghost, coming in the power of the Holy Ghost, he didn't tell them it's going to be fulfilled today. The moment I came in the power of the Holy Ghost, I can only preach what's acceptable. Next verse. And all that bear him witness and wondered at the gracious words. Gracious. Not legal. <laughs> gracious words. Which proceedeth out of his mouth. That's the testimony of the man coming out of the first dimension into the second. Is this not a son of Joseph? As in, they start to relate with who produced you, where you come from, who is related to you, and they start to see something different. Then you know you're in another dimension. But if you still put on glasses like your uncle, if you're still asthmatic like your auntie, brother, you're still in the first dimension. Get out of there. There is something that can get on you and your father even doubts you and he says, This is not my child. The moment your biological father says, You're not my daughter. Why? Because there is something on you that is bigger than you, that is bigger than your father, that is bigger than your grandfather, something your great-grandfather could not do. And that is what the Lord is doing in your life. That is what he's going to do in your life. He's going to do something that will make people ask. Then you tell them no. This thing wants to separate you from anything that your father had. If you drove a Benz they will expect that the son of Mutiaba will drive a Benz. But he wants to give you something bigger than a Benz. That they will say, is this Mutiaba's son? That's why I'm telling you, for every man hearing my voice, you must be richer than your father. You must drive a better car than your father. You must go further than your mother. You must do better than your grandfather. Ah! Princes ride on horses, not servants. The era is with the ruler. Put your game right. Put your game right. Is there any parent that wants to be richer than their child? Why do you think God wants? If you earthly parents know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more? If you sat on that bed because your child was sick and even forgot to bathe, one time somebody sent us a hen. So this thing laid eggs, eh? You understand? Then hatched into chicks and then chicks started to play around home. Then one day my young sister, she came and just wanted to tamper with one of the chicks. My God. Mother hen came with all this speed. The next thing I know I'm hearing, The thing fought her. She left it continued following her. As it, it knows it's small, but you touched its cheeks. Oh, but its brain is this size. Its brain is this size. 
Its brain is this size. It can't even know how to write its name. How much more your heavenly father. But you worry they will kill you. How? Tell your neighbor. Fe teba tuta. Teba tuba. Teba tulemesa. Teba tuluanyisa. Teba tuyinsa. He says he neither sleeps. No slumber. 24-7 is like the surveillance. On who? Grace Rubega. The Bible says he keepeth him and the wicked one touches him not. Listen, God doesn't want to deliver you from HIV. He wants to keep it far away from you. He doesn't want to deliver you from cancer when you're sick. He wants to keep cancer far away from you. Far away from you! So I was saying when kids are in the first dimension, there's an excitement of the things that Christ does. Get it? That's why John says these things were written so that you might believe. Just <laughs> all of those miracles you've seen in the whole gospels that you've read, they're just one thing to make you believe. Now the child of God can't ask themselves, uh-huh, after believing. Uh-uh. He made a lame man walk for you to believe that lame men walk. Now that you believe, let men walk. When Jesus saw your day, he said, the things that I have done, you shall do. Comma, greater works shall you do. Because I've given you a sample. Yet the Bible says, and the things that were done by Jesus, if they were to be written, they would fill the earth. He said, you do more. Do you know the meaning? That means the thing that you're supposed to do, or you're doing, is going to have effect in Mars, Luna, Jupiter, the whole galaxy. The stars are going to sing your name. How can you die when no book has been written about you? No book. Listen, if you are destined to die next week, I delay your death in the name of Jesus. Just that something will be written about you before you leave this earth. John is not looking at the 19 miracles recorded in all the Gospels. And neither is he looking on the things that were done while they saw and beheld the man for the 33 years he had on earth. John saw a more perfect ministry. That means the meditation of John pertaining Christ. If John was just given a pen and they told him, write Christ, he would fill the earth. That's how much the man knew God. That's how much the Spirit of God revealed unto this man. That's how much. Because if he tells you, there are also many other things which Jesus did and that which if they should be written everyone, I suppose that even the world itself could not contain the books that should be written. But you see, many Christians don't ask themselves, what were those things which Jesus did that are not in the miracles John saw? But John beholding those things would require you to feel the earth to a point where the earth cannot even contain writing. And then after, he says, and this you shall do. And greater works. Because I go to the Father. Do you realize that you're supposed to be everywhere in the world? You're that epistle known and read by all men. He says you're a city on a hill. You cannot be hid. He means that because of this message in your spirit, even Barack Obama knows you. Even the Al-Shabaab guy, he knows you. Saudi Arabia knows you. By the time you enter Saudi Arabia, you don't enter like a stranger. You enter as one they know. And he says, greater works shall you do. Serve your occasion. 
serve your occasion. Greater works I need to be said, serve your occasion. Now we are past the excitement of believing whether the lame men walk. We have believed they do. Let's get past that level. How much has been written of you yet? I mean, a man walks with the spirit for two days. Just a few days, a few of the spirit, a few days. And when they behold him, they say, these are the ones who turn the world upside down. I mean, they're just a few days with the Holy Ghost, but they can get the world and it's as though they are working with an atlas on their bench or desk. They're turning the world upside down. You're worse. You're worse. Oh, Paul says the depth of the richness of the wisdom of God. It's too deep. Listen, now, that's why I no longer want to have the experiences of reading only the things Jesus did according to what I only read. I want to get to a point where I understand John's meditation because what do you think John thinks when he looks at the average Christian who is still struggling to say, in the name of Jesus, I can't fall sick. They are past that level. They are past that level. He knows the beginning was the one. The word was God. The word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. Nothing that is made was made without him. This thing you say, in the beginning, the word was God. Even this coward in the 13th chapter called, and, the man says, and, I just gave men God. That's enough to heal a sick man. That's why the last guy you had on radio who walked, he was sleeping while our someone was going on radio. And his bones got in order. He didn't need to be awake. Listen, God wants to do something in you where you don't even seek the permission of somebody's face. Even if he says, me, I don't want in the name of Jesus. I can't. It can't happen. That's the day you do it. And tell him, I don't even need your faith. <laughs> There's a lady one time who came in the meetings when I was preaching in our meetings. She had a very bad twisted ankle. And then I prayed for her the first time. And then I told her, you still feel pain? She said, I feel pain. I laid hands second time. She said, I still feel pain. And then the Spirit of the Lord told me, her faith is disturbing your faith. I told her, don't pray, don't believe, don't do anything. And she says, okay. She just looked at me. I touched it the third time and she walked. So, some people, when you pray with them, they just disturb your faith. Lock the door and tell them, get out. If you want to raise a dead man, don't ask them to come and have communal. Listen, that's why the dead men don't raise. Because you want six people. Tell them, just give me two minutes with the person alone. Get them out of the room. Lock it. Say so now you, brother. I'm not joking. Those ones want me I have faith. I told people of a lady called Nakawun. They prayed for her until they couldn't get anything out of her. She was mad. Total mad. I get there. I tell her, can you leave me alone with her? She said, I told her, let me enter the room. She was mad. Enter the room, lock the door. Tell the demons now. I don't think we are going to go through the whole process of fire. Go, what, what? I think you know what to do, don't you? We were two in the room. The demons told me, okay, we have gone. From that, then Nakawunde is sober. She's preaching in Kawim. But some of you, you want corporate faith. <laughs> what you have inside you is enough. In the name of Jesus. When I understood that day that the meditations of John could fill this earth with books, I realized that certain men have not meditated. Or if indeed they know God, they have not known a certain depth of God. That's why some can't even preach one sermon a year. 
Yet they are born again and they are speaking in tongues. And he says, when the Holy Ghost shall come upon you, you shall be witnesses. Some of you don't have the Holy Spirit. You have something else. It also has tongues. He says, least you receive a Jesus who never preached a gospel that was not given and a spirit that was not sent. He says, you buried yourself. Serve your occasion. You're free to be the richest man in the world. Listen, if another Christian has claimed that right, God will split the world 20 times and provide for your vision. That's how desperate God is. If it means for him to pass through Chibuli to get to you, he will get there. If it means for him to break the Sabbath to heal you, he will heal you. I mean, God will break the law to teach Mary at the feet. Yet it was not allowed for a Jewish woman to sit at the feet of a rabbi. And he breaks the rule and teaches her. And mother who is obeying the law is troubled. Jesus tells her you're troubled with many a thing. That's what I'm trying to tell you. God loves you enough to break any rule to get to you. He will break any rule to give you that car you want, to give you that business you want, to give you that ministry you want, to give you that marriage you want. He will break every bank to build a church I see. Tell your neighbor this thing is working in me. It's working in me. It must work. You must be a success. You must be above and not beneath. You must be the head. Come on, somebody, raise your hands and speak in other tongues. He will sleep in a manger for that. He will sleep hungry for that. He will make a man lose appetite for you. He will make a man lose sleep to bless you. He will make a man lose his money to uplift you. He will make a man lose his job to honor you. Pray a prayer you've never prayed. Speak something you've never spoken. Come on, somebody. Speak in a tongue you've never spoken. Speak a mystery you've never said. He's doing something new in your vision. He's doing something new in your body. God is healing. God is opening an ear. God is healing.
what do you want? How much is it? How big is it? How tall is it? How high is it? What do you want? coming out of you this quarter. There's something coming out of you. Trust me. Even if you don't believe, I have enough faith. I have enough faith. situation, to get you out of that circumstance, to get you out of that job, to get you out of that funny relationship, to get you out of that struggle, in the name of Jesus. Listen, you're walking out of this building with an occasion serving you. You're entering your house with occasion serving you. You're waking up tomorrow with a served occasion. You're going to work tomorrow occasion serving you. You're going to sleep in your bed occasion serving you. You're meeting that lecturer occasion serving you. You're meeting your husband tonight with occasion serving you. Even if he has not been listening, tell him this time he will listen. If your wife has not been listening, tell her this time she will listen. If your father has not been listening, tell him this time he will listen. If your body has been stubborn, tell him this time it will hear. Give the Lord a mighty hand of praise. The message you have just heard was brought to you by Fenero Ministries International. For more information, contact us on telephone number 041-466-4291 or email us at fenerocompala at gmail.com. You can also find us on the web at www.fenero.org. Or better still, feel free to join us every Thursday for our weekly fellowships at Uma Multipurpose Hall from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. You can also catch the live stream at livestream.com slash Fenero. Fenero. Make manifest.